Hey y'all, and welcome to Southern Fried Spooky, the podcast home of all things Southern Spooky, and this week, mostly cremated. (laughs) Okay. I mean, we've been having so much heat lately and all. (laughs) We're all feeling a little cremated at this point. All people are cremated equally. Indeed. I'm your Carolina girl, Heather. I'm your Florida man, Tony. And we'd like to invite you to mosey on up to our virtual porch and hang out. I hate saying mosey. Check out our Facebook page and leave us some comments and likes. Why do you hate mosey? I don't know. It's that synesthesia thing. Well, I like I like things like, you know, let's mosey on down or I'm aiming to misbehave. Like... <laughs> Or maybe some five-star reviews on your podcast platform of choice. Indeed. So one of our avid listeners, Chris W. from Tennessee, messaged us and reminded us of a topic that is definitely creepy and kind of disturbing. And we had heard about this and watched stuff extensively on it beforehand. Yes, yes. yes. A while ago, we had heard about this topic on Caitlin Doty's Ask a Mortician on YouTube. Look her up. That was a while back, and I'd sort of forgotten about it. Yeah. Ask a Mortician is one of those that we absolutely watch whenever she puts something out. Unfortunately, she's kind of on a break right now. Yeah. I mean, her, Casper Sot, Slapped Ham, the creepy ones, you know? (laughs) Yeah, well, she's creepy, but actually informative. Yeah. I really enjoy it. Anyway, we thought we'd take a crack at this one. Yeah. Now, granted, we did cover a weird things that happened to bodies sort of episode not too long ago. So, I hope you're not put out by too much repetition. Imagine you have lost someone you love. Mom, dad, grandma, a spouse. You go through the grieving process. That weird cousin down the road who eats nothing but mayonnaise on sandwiches. Yeah, but would you miss that? I don't know. You go through the grieving process. (laughs) You deal with funeral arrangements and probably pay for the funeral costs. Uh, forever, yes. (laughs) You get the urn with your loved one. Or and, the box. <laughs> and a few years later, you find out that the urn contains something else. It's not the wrong person. It's not even organic. So, what happened? Why did Grandma turn into silica when they burn her? <laughs> <laughs> the Tri-State Crematory mm-hmm. was founded by Tommy Marsh in the mid-1970s. It was situated in the Noble community north of the city of Lafayette in northwest Georgia. Can I call it Lafayette if it's in Georgia? That sounds like it should be Louisiana. It Well, Lafayette is well known in Louisiana, but there is a Lafayette, Georgia that's like this big. Which is like, what, about a foot? Yeah. So, okay, so this is probably just Lafayette. Yeah. Alrighty. It provided cremation services for a number of funeral homes in Georgia, Alabama, and Tennessee, hence the tri-state... Will become overlord of the entire Tri-State area. Tri-State was the region's only independent crematory. A handful of funeral homes operated their own, while individual homes may cater to different racial and religious groups. If a family—Jewish, Baptist, Protestant, White, Black, Rich, Poor—wanted cremation, but not aliens. We don't cremate aliens here. Sorry. No. Apparently, we uh, give them to the government. Right. The bodies went to Tri-State. That made us. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Um, It made cremation possible for people who might not have had access otherwise. Mm -hmm. Marsh was a respected citizen and businessman, and he once ran for coroner of Walker County, losing by fewer than 100 votes. He didn't have to hire someone to go look for votes. 
Marsh also <laughs> ran. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Marsh also ran other funeral-related enterprises such as tent rentals and vault construction. The funeral home directors knew and respected Ray and Clara Marsh, who had started Tri-State, and they gave that same respect to Ray Brent Marsh, 28 at the time, the couple's son who took over the business in 1996. Wow. The elder Marsh suffered several strokes in the mid-90s and... Oh, and... The just onset hearing, of dementia. Just, just hearing about that and our last episode. That's true. Yeah, so oof. Yeah. And we don't know how that one affected him. Yeah. But they also mentioned the onset of dementia. So somewhere in the mid to late 1996, his son, Ray Brent Marsh, took over the operation of the business. Now, for the younger Marsh, this involved dropping out of college in his, I believe, third year. And he was a football player and really liked it. <laughs> And going to help dad. Between 1996 and the date of, shall we say, discovery, more than 2,000 bodies had been sent to Tri-State. And at some point after Ray Brent Marsh took over the business, things kind of started going downhill. One of the delivery people who brought supplies to Tri-State alerted the sheriff's office that there were bodies just kind of scattered around the property and maybe someone should investigate. Well, I mean... There are things nowadays called body farms that you can go to. Well, you can't go to, but, you know. Right. Yeah. Well, this wasn't one of those. Um, Welcome to Bob's Chop Shop. Wow. Oddly, this concern does not result in any particular action, and nothing happens. Or they do investigate, but nothing is really found. Depends on the source. According to the Tifton Gazette, Gerald Cook, a propane delivery driver for Blossman Oil Company, I provide the people of this community with propane and propane accessories, was on a delivery call at Tri-State. Now, he'd been there a lot, so he yeah. knew it wasn't a body farm. Yeah. In October 2000, on a path near some of the outbuildings, he witnessed, or noticed at least, a gruesome scene that he immediately relayed to a supervisor. Skeletal remains lay just a few feet from the path, and what appeared to be human skulls and other bones were in a pile of debris nearby. A complaint was filed with Sheriff Steve Wilson, who dismissed it as being a regulatory issue and not in his purview to investigate. Wilson went on the record, according to the Herald Tribune, stating, If somebody tells me they saw bodies at the crematory, that's what a crematory is, a place for bodies. Yeah. Which is not wrong, but one would imagine they don't belong in the yard. Well, it's one of those things of, yes, but they're outside. (laughs) (laughs) They're not where they're supposed to be. And if they're bones, they haven't been cremated. And if it was a really messed up movie, yes, but they're up and walking around. (laughs) Yeah, right? Cook delivered to Tri-State again in October of 2001. Cook told himself that the local authorities would have taken care of his initial complaint. He began filling the propane tanks and then noticed a backhoe 20 feet from where he was standing. And next to the backhoe, out in the open, was a body in a severe state of decomposition. And he then noticed a blue tarp that was covering a mound of what appeared to be holding additional bodies. Well, uh, okay. I sadly have smelt decomposition before. EMT and... and it yeah. sticks with you. This place had to be in the middle of nowhere. It was. Like, because anybody within 500 feet can smell a body. It's just like, oh, God, that's horrible. Like, you know. Well, what's interesting is it was apparently a sizable piece of property. Yeah. And it, the crematory was in the Marsh family's backyard. 
Wow, okay. Now, they did have a neighbor, but it was a kind of a far piece away. Yeah, but how can, you, how can anybody live with that smell? I don't know. I mean, apparently... That was one of the questions, and even Caitlin Doty mentioned it. How did, like, you know, Mrs. Marsh not notice? She'd been around that long enough. Maybe she was just nose blind to it. Oh, I don't know. A broken sewer pipe. <laughs> that or she's suffering from a severe case of anosmia. Anos- or a denial. <laughs> a- anosmia being the loss of your sense of smell. Nose blind? Yes. So to speak. So Mr. Cook finished yes. his job and left. Mm-hmm. Now, he told his aunt, who I'm not sure if I get her name, but... He told his aunt, who works with the FBI, she kind of thought this was important. <laughs> hey, Aunt Judy, I know you've been doing some FBI stuff, but... <laughs> so she filed a complaint with the EPA. That would be like us going to Rick for something. <laughs> Again, uh, nothing happens. Not until around 2002 do any authorities actually get involved. Officer Mark Stanfield went out to the Marsh residence and he was greeted by Brent Marsh's mother, Clara, and told her that there was a complaint about a bone being found on the crematory property. She and her husband told the officer that there was no way this was possible. Stanfield left the Marsh house, looked toward the crematorium, and saw that the gate to it was locked. And after looking around, he saw nothing out of the ordinary, somehow, now I'm- and left. He told his superiors that he hadn't seen anything amiss. I'm not sure if he mentioned the smell. <laughs> On February 15th, lovely day, uh, 2002, investigators returned to the property, finding five years' worth of decomposing human bodies just everywhere. In a storage shed, in vaults, caskets, and crates, some stacked in a broken-down hearse outside... So could you scattered say, throughout the property. So could you say this place was built on a graveyard? <laughs> well, no, but it had certainly become one. <laughs> one of the police force, and I saw this in several articles, likened it to a Stephen King novel. You know, I have read many a Stephen King novel, and I have never read one where there are a massive amount of bodies. Except for Cell, and that's like a really crappy zombie book but anyway go ahead (laughs) well okay it's the one he hasn't written yet yeah stephen king if you listen to this write one where a bunch of people die all at the same time oh yeah that 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 never happens this situation lends some credence to the statements given to the media by several residents in a uh bone chilling revelation (laughs) no pun intended they stated that they had not seen smoke coming from the crematorium smokestack in years you know that's a bit sus you think? I run one of the best crematories in three state. We're use, very clean. I no use, smoke. I don't use fire, though. I mean, nowadays we have the, what, aqua cremation? Uh, aqua or aquamation. There's green burial. There's all sorts of cool options. Well, and there's also composting. Human yes, composting. Which I think is awesome sounding. Mm-hmm. I want to be buried in one of those eggs with a tree inside of it. Oh, for a minute I thought you meant like the grill thing. No, 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 no. Like the egg that they like, they, it's almost like a burlap sack with a bunch of tree seeds in the burlap and the tree grows around the body and... That sounds cool. Yep. What kind of tree would you want to be? Maybe something poetic like a weeping willow. I kind of figured you'd go for a coffee plant. Or gimpy gimpy. So that the way, deadly thing? So that way if you touch it, it hurts. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> After a nearby funeral home director called Atlanta Television Station, W-A-G-A, WAGA, Fox 5, and reporter Dan Ronan, and informed Ronan that law enforcement officers were at the Marsh residence. 
<laughs> in his first interview that afternoon with Walker County Sheriff Steve Wilson, Ronan recalls the sheriff told him within a few hours the story would be on the front page of the New York Times and the lead story on evening newscasts. Well, first off, his last name is Ronan. Right. That's warrior without a master. His first name's Dan. I'm not sure if he sounds very, what is it, samurai style? Samurai, or, yeah, it's samurai. Yeah, probably. I mean, I could be wrong. I'm just saying it's a cool last name, and I think he chose it. <laughs> Maybe. But then again, I knew a nice little nurse lady whose name was Daggerheart. It'd be cool if she was like a heart surgeon. Yeah, yeah. but <laughs> Well, I mean, people's names obviously don't like... You know, it's like not not any anymore. Where our surnames used to mean something like you know your job, or yeah, your home, like or a, a Ferguson, like the son of a a Fergus, like Fergus. Yeah, Ronan and Waga's other reporters would spend nearly a month in Walker County before finally going home and probably burning all their clothes. A month? Yeah. Wow. I wonder if they just pitch tents. Like, I'm right, just gonna put tents in the front yard. I would not. Not without, like, a huge supply of Vicks or something. Get this. A federal disaster team was brought in. FEMA? I don't know if it was that exactly, but they had to do a $10 million cleanup and recovery. Officials informed the public that a mobile morgue unit had been brought to the scene to help with the remains that were constantly being discovered. And not only do you discover them, you have to pick them all up, and then you have to identify them. It was a team of nearly two dozen experts consisting of trained pathologists, doctors, nurses, and other assorted professionals. I would assume an archaeologist of some sort would have had to been there as well. I don't know if that's... I don't know. That's not mentioned, but they did say sort of etc. Yeah. They came with the mobile morgue unit. Oh, this same team had been on site to help identify victims at the World Trade Center in 2001. Oh, so they they, they already got their hands dirty. Oh, they know what they're doing. Yeah. The team began trying to identify the remains, a process made difficult because many of the corpses were in advanced stages of decomposition. Some were pretty much just skeletonized. Yeah. Experts hired by the Marsh attorneys, Stuart James and... Not James Stewart and Frank Jenkins. Leroy or Mr. Stuart James and Franklin Jenkins were prepared to testify that the method of recovery were questionable and that methods were made more difficult because of the lack of trained experts undertaking the investigation on the Mars property. Okay, we got through that. Yeah. I don't know why that was so hard. I should never use methods twice in one sentence. That's what threw me off was using methods multiple times. Yeah, same here. So these were either Completely useless people, or they were trained by the World Trade Center, so... Not by the center, but you know what I mean. They're like trial by fire. Absolutely. Literally. The experts, however, never testified because the civil cases against Tri-State and the funeral homes that had been using Tri-State to perform cremation, they all settled after a second trial had begun in the United States District Court for the Northern District of Georgia. You wow. need to stop using words, both like... <laughs> I know, right? Can we just put pictures on our podcast? Is yeah. that a thing we can do? Yeah, no, we, we can't do that. <sighs> Picture it, Sicily, 1924. Well, this is more 1996? Yeah. Now, as I'd already mentioned, more than 2,000 bodies had been sent to Tri-State since Ray had taken over. Yeah. But he apparently had issues in performing the actual cremations. And it's not really clear why this was the case. The search ultimately recovered 
39 uncremated bodies. And of these that were discovered, 226 were identified. Wow. DNA testing was possible in those cases where a living relative was available, but in other cases, it was considered unlikely officials would ever be be able to identify all the remains. Yeah. Families of the deceased had been given concrete dust or even potting soil instead of actual cremains. Okay. You have seen cremains. Yeah. I have seen cremains. Anyone who has even watched TV has probably seen what could be considered cremains. How can you... If you've never seen it before and you don't know what you're looking for, maybe you can be fooled. Yes, but people... Not soil. I would. I was about to say, soil. people know what potting soil looks like. But concrete dust... Close that's close. That's pretty close, but still. Yeah, anyone who's ever actually... I mean, some people don't touch the urn and, or get into it, yeah. but yeah, I did because I'm creepy. Um, It's just a white powder. Yeah. That's all it is. It's, I it mean, kind I of looks like kitty litter. I wouldn't say like cocaine white or no, baking no, no. soda it's white. It's a little grayish. Yeah, it's, it's sort of got a gray tinge to it, but it's still a very noticeable and recognizable powder. Yeah, but again, you have to kind of know that's what it is. Like, I now know, but I didn't know what it was going to look like because, you know, what you see on TV is never the real thing. Daddy, why does Grandpa look like coffee grounds? If you ever have grandchildren, that's what they'll say. (laughs) Ray Brent Marsh was arrested on over 300 criminal violations and was ultimately charged by the state of Georgia with 787 counts. See you later, dude! (laughs) Including theft by deception, burial service-related fraud, and giving false statements. At the time, desecrating a corpse was not a Georgia felony, so that was not included. And at his trial for six hours, more than 20 relatives of the various deceased um, that were left in Marsh's care spoke in what could only be described as a really wrenching and emotional day in the courtroom. Yeah, yeah. Like, have you ever seen the, the uh, like, I forget what the actual process is called, the affected victims? Whenever they're allowed to speak? Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, upon occasion. Yeah. I can only imagine, the, like, dude is just berated the whole time. Uh, pretty much. Yeah. I have this mind that when you're dead, you're dead, and probably the deceased in whatever afterlife there is, they probably don't really care, but the family cares an awful lot. Yeah. (laughs) And I would be mad, too, if I discovered that my late husband was, in fact, just concrete dust. So the motives behind Brent Marsh's actions are a little unclear. Yeah. One could imagine that it would be far less trouble simply to cremate the remains than to haul them around and dump them in places. I mean, to be seen wandering his property, sticking with all the weird places that he did... During his guilty plea in court, he stated, To those of you who may have come here today looking for answers, I cannot give you any. Let's go to Uncle Brent's house for an Easter egg hunt. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Oh, that's probably not funny to some people, but we're morbid, so... In theory, we apologize, but that was still funny. In response to Marsh's claim that the cremation oven was broken, the oven was examined by experts, and while it was... Partially faulty, it was in working order. Like, the things that were not working on it were just small. Bro, it's not It's not broken. Obviously, someone cooked a pizza in it three days ago. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Several crematory operators at the time commented that even if the machine had broken down, proper maintenance would have kept the incinerator working, noting that most oven manufacturers have regular maintenance programs available. 
Okay, it's not like he didn't cremate anybody. That's kind of funny. He did cremate around 1,500. So it's not that he just stopped cremating. He just didn't get around to these 300-plus bodies. So he took the bodies, took the money, didn't do the job. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Douchebag. Okay, so yeah, okay. And he's not really sure why. But yeah, I mean, I would think it would take less effort than mm-hmm. you know, skulking around at night, which I presume is when he would have to do that, to stash the bodies in place. I don't know. It's just weird. I, it, burn, I think that's the part that gets most people. They're just yeah. like, but why? Burn, scrape, package, FedEx, next! Yeah, basically. I mean, I know it takes a little while, but um, yeah, I don't know. Now, here's an interesting twist. Yeah. On February 7th, 2007... The criminal defense attorneys for Marsh revealed that physiological testing had indicated that Brent Marsh was a victim of mercury toxicity from the cremation of bodies with mercury dental amalgam. Now, I'm thinking that has to be a lot, but... Yeah. They stated that a faulty ventilation system exposed both Marsh and his father to toxic levels of mercury. Mad Hatter's disease, really called erythism Mm -hmm. is a neurological disorder that has a devastating effect on the central nervous system and cognitive function issues i wonder if that's a problem for me have you been burning bodies lately no okay i think you're okay i think i have symptoms for it (laughs) have you been eating absorbent amount of sea fish no i think you're okay all right fine did you eat the paint chips as a kid probably (laughs) <laughs> the name was originally coined from old England hat makers, English probably, who were exposed to mercury daily because they used it to stabilize the wool. I always did wonder what the purpose of the mercury was. Uh, no idea. Well, now we know. And knowing is half the battle. I don't know how that works, but if we have any... I would, I would love to have a piece of cinnabar. That That's is, rather random. That, well, no, it's not because cinnabar is the stone they get mercury from, and it's very—it's a vibrant red. Oh, okay. It's still a little random. Many in the funeral industry, she said, fervently trying to stick to the script. Cinnabar. Government pointed to a lack of regulations or inspections as a factor. Many funeral homes never inspected the crematory to learn its operating procedures and never ensured that cremations were actually being carried out. One would think that there would be some sort of regulatory committee that would have to, like, you would have to, like, there should be some kind of legal committee that goes around and does that? Well, yes, and the state of Georgia had some regulations, but a loophole in the law allowed crematories like Tri-State who dealt only with funeral homes, like directly to funeral homes, not individual people, to operate without a license. So they could go without state inspection. Wow. I understand that has changed. I would, one would hope. The Times Free Press reports that the Elder Marsh didn't have a license to operate as it had lapsed without renewal. And it was overlooked because everybody knew him, they respected him, I guess it just wasn't a huge concern. Um, they trusted him, so they also trusted his son, Brent, which was apparently a terrible idea. The media outlet also revealed that Brent Marsh was not a licensed funeral director, which he wasn't because that's all he was doing was the cremations. Yeah, so. I was about to say, he, it's not like he was leading funerals, no. selling them or anything. It was like he was just doing the, crem- the cremations. And, and from what I understand, you don't need a license to do that. No. Like, you're the guy and who turns yeah. on the damn oven. Yeah, it, it's just a tech job, I think. Yeah. Um, 
When questioned, the state of Georgia, though I don't know who exactly they asked. Admit- <laughs> it's like some guy standing on the Georgia line going, do you have comments about this? <laughs> Holding it up to the sign that says, welcome to Georgia. <laughs> Everybody in the state, I have a question. It admitted, the entire state did, at the time, that these licenses weren't closely monitored. As Caitlin Doty did point out in her Ask a Mortician, the state has since moved to um, tighten its regulations. One would hope... On May 20th, 2003, during the litigation filed against the entire Marsh family, Tommy Marsh, the elder one, I was about to say, that was the, the dad, right? That was the dad, and yeah. he finally died. Ray Brent Marsh was convicted, though his lawyer managed to work it down to 12 years, which Marsh has served and was released in 2016. Wow. There was a class action lawsuit by the families of the bodies sent to Tri-State I won't go into a lot of that here because litigation isn't a thing I follow well, but if it excites you, dear listener, you can find many long and complicated paragraphs about the legal mess that this has caused. I mean, yeah, like, I mean, this is just... I looked through, like, several pages and I was like, I'm not putting that in there. We want the spooky stuff. I mean, you know, but the only thing I can think of is legal cluster (laughs) Yeah, it was messy. Lots of lawyers, lots of families. So... As part of the settlement reached, by spring 2005, all the buildings of the tri-state property were bulldozed to the ground. The property will remain in a trust so that it will be preserved in peace and dignity as a secluded memorial to those whose remains were mistreated and to prevent crematory operations or other inappropriate activities from ever taking place there again. Okay, so, dude is a douchebag. Or or kind of mentally messed up due to mercury. Either way. Yeah. But... At least he's not the one who killed all the bodies. You know what I'm no, saying? No, like, he like, didn't kill them. I mean, he, it's not like they he, died of whatever yeah, they died of. But, but what I'm saying is, like, I, I'm not siding with him. I, I'm he, like, he, it's still a mess. He's up. not a murderer. He yeah. just didn't. It's basically fraud. He just didn't do what he said yeah, he would do. I mean, and unfortunately, like, it's an emotionally charged thing. Yeah. If you think you've got mom in an urn and it's concrete dust, you're gonna be a little mad. Especially if you find out that she was dumped in the backyard. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I mean. I do. Now, my mother, if you ask her, she probably would tell you she wouldn't care, but I'd like her someplace, you know? Yeah. At least there's a little closure for the family, but what yeah. I'm saying is, like, yeah, this guy's a dickhead, but, <laughs> like, he's not, like, some kind of mastermind monster. No. Yeah. I mean, not a successful one, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. As a note, the public does not have access to the land, and the land remains titled in the Marsh family name. I also have a suspicion that there is entirely possible that there might be still a few bits and pieces out there that haven't been found. Uh, We're still finding bits and pieces of soldiers from the Civil War. I imagine they're going to find some there. In the end, about two-thirds of the bodies were identified. I also kind of feel like of any body, there's probably only about two-thirds of it found. Right. Multiple funeral homes volunteered their crematories to handle the bodies that had been found and identified. I'm sure they felt kind of guilty. Yeah. The funeral homes that had outsourced to Tri-State were horrified and spent a lot of time comforting their clients and trying to do the right thing by them. Yeah, I can only imagine, like, when they heard that story, they were like, didn't we send bodies to... Oh, boy. Like, I mean, yeah. Wow. Now, several reported that the families didn't blame the funeral homes but the crematory. However... Some lawsuits were lodged against the funeral homes because they were trusting and didn't check. Or as my last boss said, trust, 
but verify. <laughs> it was very messy and emotional. I don't know. I'm still with Edgar Allan Poe on this one. Trust nothing that you hear and only half of what you see. Well, there is something to that, isn't there? Yep. Though that does make it a very suspicious way to live. Well, dear listeners, there goes another episode of Southern Fried Spooky and another 40 minutes or so of your life gone up in smoke. Uh, 31! So far. We've hoped that you've enjoyed this episode. Please feel free to comment. Indeed. We love hearing back from people and... Especially on Facebook, we'll get like messages going, Hi, I'm new here. I absolutely adore that. We do. And in yep. fact, that's the reason we were reminded of this particular topic and thought this would be great because a, a listener who is actually not one of our friends, yep. that sounded rude, not someone we knew before we started doing this, let me yep. put it that way, someone who came to us as a listener, yep. suggested this. So we are very grateful. So yay, Chris. Yep. Chris W. I think we'll send him a bumper sticker. Yep. And a lot of encouragement. Indeed. You got this, man. We get, <laughs> we're behind you. Well, he said he's going to try to start his own podcast. Too, oh, so right he will on. also be competition, but hopefully in a friendly uh, way. Hey, you know what? There's no competition here. We can all do it. <laughs> so, if you happen to catch last week's episode, I think the one about the stroke, yeah, we are planning to put that up on Patreon. We're really going to try to get well, our Patreon I'm, set up. Soon. I am, I am uh, putting up the unedited, unedited video. <laughs> With all the more fantastic language. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, it's fantastic language. There were some parts that I had to cut out because it was... Um, we got a little fuzzy on the recording. like uh, Technical mean, stuff. And, and there's a lot of us just chit-chatting back and forth. Yay! So, so <laughs> that'll be a, a whole behind-the-scenes insight. We didn't say anything that we really shouldn't have. No, not at all. Okay, good enough. It's just our dark humor. Come on now. Absolutely. I guess they wouldn't be here if they didn't know that. Indeed. So, join us next week for whatever weird shenanigans we get up to then. Because, as usual, at this moment, I have no idea what it's going to be. In the meantime, I'm your Carolina girl, Heather. And I'm your Florida man, Tony. And we are Southern Southern Fried Fried Spooky. Spooky. Sometimes just lightly fried. It's been hot around here. Yeah, like, Today it was like, it said, feels like 108. What the heck does, no. It, yeah, no. Terrible. Anyway. Until I, next time. Bye, bye y'all. y'all. No, that just honestly feel like I've been cremated. I walk outside and I have little hit points popping off of my head going, take one damage, take one damage, take one damage. I don't know what that was. Like, okay. yeah. Well, and of course here, it's the humidity. It, it's the humidity that gets you. Yeah, yeah. That humidity so, just sneaks up and just jabs you in the side circa the gladiator where you just kind of wilt away. <laughs> <laughs>